Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Lots to get to coming out of the weekend. And once again, just another crazy basketball week ahead. We've got IU a couple times. We've got girls sectional semifinals tonight and championship games at a lot of places on Tuesday across the state because of all the weather we had last week. And then on top of the snow, so many COVID cancellations in weeks past and now weather postponements. Uh, There's boys games all week long, it seems. Every night there's going to be some sort of reasonable high school basketball here in the area, and that's how it should be as we head into the middle of February, uh, really at the conclusion of this week with March and the NCAA tournament. And IU uh, in the tournament, on the bubble, I think in the tournament is the way to phrase that right now, but we've got an IU loss to talk about coming out of the weekend. And uh, as good as things have been for IU basketball in recent weeks, I think one concerning thing, and again, there are a number of concerning things with this team if you follow closely, but one big concerning thing is they've lost two home games, uh, Michigan and then Illinois on Saturday, and those home games really have not been close. They have been blowout losses in both cases uh, for this team. Now, Illinois is really good, and Kofi Coburn is legitimate, and he, for the fourth straight time, uh, not only did Illinois beat Indiana on Saturday, but Kofi Coburn outplayed Trace Jackson Davis. Those are guys that are the same age, the same grade coming into college. And uh, to be quite honest, I can't ever remember a matchup between those two where Trace, as good as he's been, uh, got the better of Kofi Coburn. And once again, uh, Coburn wins the battle, the individual battle on Saturday as his team also a victor in Assembly Hall. But that's concerning. you got to protect the home court down this stretch if Indiana's going to for sure punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. There are some tough stretches of games coming, and uh, so a win at home to protect home court uh, would have been extra huge. If Indiana could have strung a win together with Illinois based on what's happened in the last couple weeks, uh, I would have been ready to come on today and say that they are a 100% lock for the NCAA tournament and maybe a pretty reasonable seat in the NCAA tournament. But I still think they're there. I still think they're in. Uh, There's a lot of basketball to be played. There's going to be a stretch coming up that I think is going to tail the tail on this IU team. I don't know that we're going to be coming down to the very wire like we have with some of the recent IU teams as far as do they get in, do they get off the bubble, do they stay on the bubble, what happens in the postseason. I do think we'll know more about this team here before that. But uh, not a good loss. Uh, It wasn't a close game. It wasn't a battle down the stretch. Not only did TJD get outplayed, but offensively Indiana, especially in the second half, just sputtered and came to basically at some points zero offensive output. Uh, So some concerning moments there as Indiana gets ready to dig back into things, and we'll talk about that today as well. And also right at the top of the show, and I'll talk about it coming up here more in just a bit, 
Uh, Floyd Central's boy ba- boys basketball team with an absolutely humongous win uh, on Saturday afternoon. Indianapolis Cathedral, lots of talent, highly rated. Uh, I think that they are one of the more talented basketball 4A teams coming out of Indianapolis I have ever seen. Now, they've got to put all that together and be able to uh, play as a team to have success and come out of Indianapolis in the tournament and win a state championship. But Floyd Central beat them in what I understand was absolutely just a thriller of a ball game on Saturday afternoon. So Floyd Central with a huge step. Is this Floyd Central team not only the front runner for the sectional, because the answer to that is yes, but are they a team that can do something in March? Could they get to Indianapolis in March? They are that good. They have the talent and the length of the size and so many things it takes uh, to possibly make that kind of run. So we will see how things go the rest of the way, but that's kind of where I see Floyd Central at, and we'll talk about that coming up a little bit more today as well. All right, uh, let's take a look at the show lineup for this Monday program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we'll have some headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news coming up here in just a bit. Also, later in the hour, Zach Osterman is out today, but Tom Brew of Sports Illustrated Indiana, the Hoosiers Now website, he's going to join us coming up uh, in segment two to recap the IU loss to Illinois, to talk about where this team is at in relation to the NCAA tournament and also what's ahead. Also, Trey Galloway is talking to the media at uh, 11 o'clock, so right now today we'll kind of recap what he has to say in advance of this upcoming week for IU as well. Uh, Later in the show, it's Monday, so Chad Gilbert, Charlestown High School Athletic Director, former coach in the area, IHSA Executive Board member, he's going to join us for a chat on local sports and high school sports. We'll talk more about this Floyd Central team. We'll talk about girls sectionals, which uh, get back underway tonight at most of our area locations with the semifinal round. Just crazy. You think about semifinals for a girls sectional on uh, Monday, championship games on Tuesday, and a quick turnaround to the regional round of things on Saturday. So uh, weather and COVID and so much more has changed the schedule uh, in the last couple months. Just crazy. And last week, things really got off kilter with that weather coming in on Thursday. So we'll cover some of that more with Chad when he's with us later in the show today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And let's get into our headlines for today, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. And as I do that, your daily reminder that the Thornton's text line is open That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And uh, again, 502-414-1450. You can sound off on IU's lackluster performance at home, I thought, on Saturday. You can give us your thoughts on is this team in the NCAA tournament Maybe you want to agree or disagree with me that Floyd Central is a team in local basketball that can make a run deep into the tournament. Whether it's IU, local, whatever, 502-414-1450. We'll get it on the air, get it as a question. Whatever you've got for one of our guests, we'll make it happen today. All right, the headlines for today. Let's start with the IU contest over the weekend. Um, I, you know, It starts with Trace Jackson Davis. He's the guy. He's the leader for this Indiana team. 
and he was outplayed by, in a big way by Kofi Coburn once again uh, on Saturday in that loss to Illinois. For Indiana, uh, leading the way was uh, Xavier, uh, excuse me, Race Thompson with 13 points, and then Xavier Johnson, who continues to be, I think, somewhat of a bright spot for this team. He was behind Race with 12 points. Trace Jackson Davis, six points in the contest, six rebounds in the contest. Those are nowhere near the consistent type numbers that he has been putting up. Uh, again, his points have been all over the place from 12 and above to uh, you know, 20, 30 points, 25, 28 points in some games. Uh, his, uh, his points have never been six, and that's what the situation was on Saturday. And a big part of why Illinois was not only able to win the game, but win the game in the fashion uh, that they did. The home court, that that is concerning. I know that Illinois is a great team in the Big Ten Conference. They're ahead of IU in the Big Ten race. I know that Michigan has all the talent and the ability uh, t- to be in that picture. They haven't so far this year, but that obviously was a good team that came to Assembly Hall before Illinois and, and knocked off the Hoosiers in a big way. But protecting that home court down the stretch, getting prepared for the NCAA tournament, trying to make the NCAA tournament. That is job number one for this IU team. And Mike Woodson has made that clear time and time again, that his number one priority is to protect the sacred uh, home court advantage that Assembly Hall should offer basically each and every every Big Ten game. And uh, so to see Indiana uh, not win those games is one thing, but to get blown away in, in many senses of the word is another. And then also, I thought uh, Trent Frazier absolutely was the uh, key for Illinois, almost as important, if not more important, than what Kofi Coburn did as well. He's a fifth-year senior. He had 23 points. He was the high scorer in the game. He was the perfect five of five from his two-point field goal attempts and three of six from three-point range, four of four from the free throw line, four assists, played 36 minutes. Spectacular was the word that Brad Underwood, the Illinois coach, used to describe Frazier. But, boy, the duo – of uh, Coburn and Frazier on Saturday. Very, very tough for this Indiana team. Also wanted to note that the IU women, uh, who we don't give enough love to, they uh, won their seventh straight game against Purdue uh, over the weekend as well, 64-57. It's an IU team that had some COVID issues of their own. They were paused for a week, week and a half. Then when they were ready to come back and play, the team they were supposed to play had COVID issues, which extended their downtime. Uh, but they're back at it and appear to be getting back in the swing of things from where they were before the pause happened. And uh, hard to believe, seven straight now for the IU women. And I bring that up as a top, as a talking point because, um, you know, the IU men, it's been almost the opposite when they have played their rival Boilermakers uh, in Big Ten Conference play for the last number of seasons. So, uh, of course, that streak broken just a few weeks ago at home in a classic Assembly Hall game. But it's amazing to see the dominance that IU's women have had uh, in recent years and, and the last number of years over the Purdue Bullymakers. And it's going to be really interesting. I've said this before to see where the IU women place for the NCAA tournament, what seed they're able to get, how they finish in the Big Ten Conference. And can they make a trip back deep into the NCAA tournament? Could this be a Final Four team in women's basketball this season? Also, high school hoops over the weekend. A little different setup. A lot of games that were supposed to be Thursday night because of girls' sectionals were bumped earlier last week because of weather that came in. Saturday afternoon, there were some games that were off. Most games were on. 
and a big one, a late addition for Floyd Central. I mentioned this at the top of the show. The Highlanders added Indianapolis Cathedral to the schedule. Now, uh, Cathedral 14-5 and on the year after the loss. Floyd Central 14-2 and after the win. But again, keep in mind where Cathedral's located, who they play night in and night out. That said, they've got some of the most talented uh, lineup, starting lineup, players on the roster that I have seen in a long, long time in our state. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they do in March because they've got the talent to win it. There's no question about it. But the path to the Simmons State and the state championship game, even the set, even the regional, uh, are unbelievable if you've got to come out of that metropolitan Indianapolis area. But Floyd Central, a very balanced effort. Uh, if you look at their scoring column, uh, Max Trippier actually led the team with nine. Cole, Caleb Washington had uh, Max Trippier led the team with eleven. Caleb Washington had nine. Again, very balanced scoring from a number of players in the lineup. And uh, Floyd Central able to hang on. Actually had to make up some ground in the second half to come back and win. But that is, if there's been a statement win, and this Floyd Central team's had a lot of wins. They've done what they're supposed to do against local rivals. They've done what they're supposed to do against Hoosier Hills Conference teams already clinching at least a share of the HHC crown. This was truly a statement win for them about a month out from the sectional tournaments and the postseason. So that was the highlight, I think, of really the the boys' basketball week was the huge win for Floyd Central over Cathedral New Albany, a winner over Columbus East on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Christian Academy lost playing Evansville Christian over the weekend, and there were a number of other games. Again, most of them on Saturday got in there were a handful from our area that were not played. That's a look at the headlines for this Monday edition of the program as we get ready to step to commercial break. A shout-out to our Floyd County Elementary Basketball League champions yesterday uh, for the New Albany Floyd County Elementary Schools. Nine schools. Uh, The league wrapped up on Saturday with the uh, start of the county tournament and played through Sunday when the Final Four and the championship at All-Star Games were held and just a shout-out to Floyd's Knobs Elementary. They won the Girls' County Championship, uh, and the boys followed that. It was Grantline Elementary from New Albany uh, beating Floyd's Knobs in the Boys' Championship game. But we had some outstanding games yesterday. Down to the wire, the lights were out, the uh, smoke machines were on, the lights were going everywhere, and these uh, young third- and fourth-grade students got a taste of what Southern Indiana basketball is like an unbelievable crowd there yesterday as well. But again, congratulations to the Floyd's Knobs girls and the and the Grant Grantline boys. They are the uh, Floyd County champions in elementary basketball this season. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Tom Brew of Sports Illustrated Indiana will join. We'll recap IU Illinois. We'll take a look ahead to the IU schedule. There's a tough stretch coming up. Uh, for this team that we'll talk about and more. Stay with us. This is a Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. We're going to talk some IU basketball with Tom Brew of Sports Illustrated Indiana, who joins us from time to time 
here on the Hoosier Report. And, Tom, a lot of discussion in segment one about the Saturday loss to Illinois, 74-57. I thought Coburn outplayed Jackson Davis, and this Indiana team saw its offense really slow down in the second half. Yeah, no question about the second part of your comment. Um, the uh, you know, Indiana was up 46-42 with 13 minutes to go and then uh, just really bogged down offensively the rest of the way and uh, did a did a piece on that yesterday, breaking down the last bit. And they, uh, in their last 22 possessions, they only scored two baskets you know, in, in their set offense. It's uh, a couple of other ones on dunks and transition, but they just – uh, they got kind of bogged down, and uh, uh, A, didn't really force the issue much, and B, didn't really get good looks. And then C, when they did, you know, they missed a lot of short chippies. And uh, Race Thompson talked about that after the game, and uh, Trace Jackson Davis did sort of the same in the second half. He had, uh, they both, both those guys, I thought, had a lot of good looks, you know, within five feet or eight feet of the basket, and just didn't knock them down. And, uh, you know, at the same time, Illinois got hot, especially from three. They had, uh, you know, six uh, three-pointers in the second half that uh, kind of got them on a run. And, uh, you know, everything just kind of, uh, you know, kind of all went haywire at the same time, Matt. You know, they just, uh, you know, some lapses defensively at the same time they were struggling to score, and it just sort of added up very quickly. Tom Bruce, Sports Illustrated, Indiana, my guest. Uh, looking ahead for this team, Tom, a very tough week at Northwestern who – I don't know that they've won a lot of games uh, uh, recently, but they've sure given some top-tier Big Ten teams some problems. And then also at Michigan State later this week. The following week gets no easy. It's Wisconsin at home and then back on the road for a uh, road game at Ohio State. A really, really tough and I think interesting two weeks ahead for this IU club. There's no question about that. Northwestern actually has won a couple of games lately, and uh, they have played well you know, a lot of – a lot of the year, but they just haven't been able to finish games. They've uh, they've had uh, four different Big Ten games where they, games where they had a lead uh, with five minutes to go that they did not win. You know, and uh, and that's that's tough. But uh, they've been playing much better lately. And uh, well, they put on a show in the first half against Nebraska on Saturday. They uh, uh, you know sure it's Nebraska, but you know Northwestern made ten three pointers in the first half of that game and thirteen for the game. And you're know, really shooting the ball well, really moving the ball well, and certainly to be a challenge and you know they've played Indiana tough you know in, this, um, in the last four years they've uh, they're two and two against each other and you know one of Indiana's wins was in double overtime you know last year up at Evanston so every game has been a battle and uh, but I think you know the one thing uh, that uh, Indiana has done very well Matt you know after their five losses so far this season they're five and oh they've bounced back very nicely from losses uh, they haven't lost back-to-back games all year um, they've won those uh, games following a loss by an average of 17 points. And, you know, and some of their best uh, performances this year have come after losses. So I think they will go up to Evanston and play really well. I think they'll be, they'll play with plenty of energy. And I think, uh, I think I, I, I'm expecting uh, Trace Jackson Davis to have a big, huge game up there. I really am. He's the, um, you know, he, there's no question he's Indiana's best player, but he's, He's struggled. struggled here in the last couple of weeks in a handful of games and gotten into some foul trouble early. And I think he's, I think he's due for a big game. And you know they really don't have a really good matchup for him defensively. So I'm expecting a big game from Trace up there. And I think Indiana will play well. And uh, you know, and quite frankly, I mean, at Michigan State's always tough. But uh, you know, I've watched a lot of the Spartans here in the last two or three weeks, and they have not looked very good. So it's, uh, uh, so it sounds tough. But I do think Indiana does have a chance 
um, to get victories in both of those games. I really do. But obviously they, they have to play better for 40 minutes and they have to play better uh, than they did in the last 13 minutes of that game against Illinois. Tom, IU 16-6 and six overall, 7-5 and five in the Big Ten Conference as we stand headed into the week. It's hard to talk about a win or a loss uh, in February without there being some discussion or chatter or thinking ahead about the possibilities of this team getting into the NCAA tournament. So from that perspective, what do you think Indiana realistically needs to get done, needs to accomplish in the next two weeks in this very tough stretch to maybe – get in to maybe stay in the discussion? Can you kind of break it down for us how you see it? Sure. Well, like I just mentioned with Northwestern and Michigan State, I think I think it is possible for them to go to go on the road and win in both of those places, you know, provided they play well and I you know, I do think they that they will win Tuesday night. Um and then, you know, Wisconsin, they you know, they outplayed Wisconsin for, you know, basically thirty of those forty minutes up there. Uh, you know, and destroyed them basically in the first half, you know, scored them by 22 points. And, you know, that Wisconsin team is very good and very resilient, you know, and Johnny Davis is a great player that's sort of a difficult matchup for Indiana. Uh, and Brad Davison is just tough as nails, you know, uh, but, you know, Indiana, you know, uh, you know, they've, they've obviously lost to Michigan and Illinois lately, but, you know, they've played very well at home and they, you know, they've smarted from that and that'll be tough. Now, Ohio State, I think that's probably, in my opinion, the toughest of the four games here in these next two weeks because they've just been br- brutally good at home. They're ten and zero at home so far this season. They've won, uh, you know, they've won I think five of their last six games at home by double digits. They're just they play really well there. And I think that is, uh, in my book, you know, the toughest of the four. But uh, I think if Indiana can get through that, you know, somehow uh, with a, with two wins out of the four, I think. I think that would be fine. And I, I like for me, they need to get to 20 uh, to be a lock for the NCAA tournament. And I, and based on what follows these two weeks, you know, I still think that, you know, I think that's still a very, very viable option. And, you know, I, I still do think this, uh, this team, you know, has the potential to play really well in long stretches. And I still think we're going to see more of that as we go. But, uh, um, you know, obviously the big 10 is very, very tough. Uh, it's a deep league. Even the teams near the bottom, you know, can can make you work. And there's, uh, you know, it never it never lets up. But uh, you know, certainly, gonna, I think we're going to learn a whole heck of a lot about this team in the next two weeks. Absolutely, Tom Bruce, Sports Illustrated, Indiana. My guess you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Bruce Sports. Tom, as tough as this next two weeks is, I know there's never an off night in college hoops, especially the Big Ten. But once Indiana gets through these next four games, then it's Maryland, Minnesota, and Rutgers before a big rematch to conclude the regular season at Purdue. Um, as tough as these next two weeks are, there's three games after that again are very winnable games for this team to get to that 20 or above mark, as you just mentioned? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. It's like, you know, for where, uh, especially, you know, when you consider, you know, last year this was a 12 and 15 team that only won seven Big Ten games all year. And, you know, we're at 16 already now and already at seven Big Ten wins as well. It's, you know, they're, they're definitely better. I mean, there's there's things that they miss a little bit. Uh, you know, for as much criticism as Rob Finnessy gets, I do think they miss him right now. Uh, especially with that second unit and providing some scoring for that group. He's out with a foot injury, as we know, and uh, still kind of out indefinitely. Um, and, you know, certainly probably not going to play at all this week. Hopefully uh, we'll see, you know, where, where we sit with that. But they miss him. But I think, 
I think, um, you know, for where we're at right now, um, they just, you know, there's, there's a lot of, still a lot of good things about this team, you know, that we see happen. And that's like, I, I, like I do, like to me, I do see Trace having a big game Tuesday night, like I mentioned, where I think we might very well see a, you know, a 25 and 12 type of game from him that we have seen uh, in the past, you know, from him because he's, uh, uh, you know, he's just that type of guy and that type of player. Grace Thompson's been very good lately. There's still a lot of good pieces to this team. And as I mentioned earlier, too, I mean, they've done a really nice job all year of bouncing back from losses. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, they're, uh, they're still a very confident bunch. They've got their head on their shoulders. Like last year, every year after a loss, you know, they would be hanging in their heads and it was brutal. Well, this year it's not the case. You know, they were, they were right back to work on Sunday, watched a lot of film, got through some stuff. Uh, they'll they'll get a good walkthrough in today before leaving for Evanston. I think they'll be probably think they'll be well prepared to play tomorrow night. All right, Tom, you got a chance to hear from Trey Galloway just before you joined our radio show for this appearance. What did Trey have to say? I know you'll be writing about it on the Sports Illustrated Indiana website coming up here in a bit. Yeah, Trey's always entertaining. You know, we talked a lot about just sort of the uh, you know the added energy and juice that he brings to a team, and and uh, in regards to especially on the defensive end. Uh, blowing up, uh, you know, blowing up screens and you know, and guarding, you know, the opposing team's best players for long stretches. Uh, you know, he uh, he did a really nice job against Jaden Ivey in the win against Purdue, and uh, really shut down Eric Ayala at Maryland. And just you know, uh, he's you know, he adds a lot to this team. He's you know, he's been um, since returning from his wrist surgery. He's played nine games. And he averages between 18 and 25 minutes a game, and even though it doesn't start, he finishes a lot of games. And he's a he's become a very important piece uh, to this team. But he also uh, plays with a lot of confidence on both ends of the floor, and you know really adds a lot you know to this team. And uh, and he takes a lot of this losing personal as well. I mean, he's, as we all know, Matt, he's a he's a coach's son, and he knows what it's like to to a sort of uh, you know get through every game, but but being to know how to quickly bounce back from them and learn from learn from mistakes and learn from film and what went wrong and and how best to prepare you know for you know for the next next game at hand and uh, he's certainly a very smart very cerebral player you know on both ends of the floor and he's added a lot to this team and uh, you know and I think his minutes will continue to grow the rest of the way you know he's certainly become a very important piece to this team. All right, Tom, uh, you've been around this program covering things in our state for a long time. If Mike Woodson can lead this Indiana team to an NCAA appearance in year number one, is that scored as a huge success? I would think that it would be after what's happened here in the last recent number of seasons. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. I maybe I wouldn't use the adjective. You know, I would. I would. I would consider it a success because that was the goal coming into this year. And you know, I think when 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 people looked at Indiana coming in. You know, they, they, they predicted them to be a middle-of-the-pack, you know, Big Ten team. And I thought the potential was there for them to be a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, this is, you know, they haven't been 10 games over 500 this late in the season since 2016. You know, it's it's been six long years, you know, since since they've been in this position. And uh, as you mentioned, obviously the, this next stretch is very difficult coming up. But I think they are in good position to make the tournament. Uh, like, But to me – and making the tournament would be a success. Winning a game or two, uh, certainly, you know, getting to a second weekend uh, would that I would consider a huge success. But you know, for where they're at now, you know that you know right now they're sort of falling in that seven, eight seed, nine seed range. 
you know, where winning the first game would likely mean, you know, playing a number one seed or a number two seed in that second round, which is asking a lot. But I think just getting there with, you know, certainly would, uh, is, is, is a must. I think if Indiana, for some reason, struggles down the stretch and does not make the tournament, then I would then consider this year to be a big disappointment, especially where they're at. But quite frankly, Matt, I just don't see that happening. I think, I think they've got the goods and the team and the talent, you know, that, uh, barring injuries to some key players, you know, they should be able to win enough games down the stretch to be in the tournament. All right, Tom, I want to go to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, for just a moment. I'm not sure that you or anyone can can really answer this question, but it is interesting, and this is something I've had asked of me before. The texter writes, do you or any of your guests know if Mata, that's Thad Mata, can uh, give any input to Woodson during a game? They didn't know if that was allowed in his row. I I really have no clue. I'm not sure that uh, he's definitely not on the bench. I think, is he nearby at the scorer's table? Is that where uh, Coach Mata is, is seated during the games? And do you have any kind of answer for that, Texter? Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Thad Mata sits on the scorer's table right next to athletic director Scott Dolson. Uh, and it is Scott Dolson who is Thad's boss, not Mike Woodson. Uh, Scott, you know, Thad works as the liaison from the athletic director's office to the basketball program. And you know, Thad spends a lot of time with these team with the team during the week, and he spends a lot of time with the coaching staff and preparation and such. But um, Thad's role is not as a basketball coach in this group. You know, he's uh, especially on game days. I mean, he has he has you know when the uh, those forty minutes of the game time, he doesn't talk to Mike one bit during the game. That's not his job and not his role. Uh, but they obviously spend a lot of time uh, with preparation and talking about things. But uh, but yeah, no. But Thad's right there. I mean, he's. Uh, Certainly a good basketball mind, but this is this is absolutely Mike Woodson's team, and he has three key assistants. And uh, when it comes game day, they're, they're the ones uh, in charge of making this happen. All right, Tom, I got a couple other questions, non IU basketball. I want to pose to you. The first is about the IU women's team. They had a huge win over Purdue in front of a really good crowd for women's basketball games at Assembly Hall. The IU women are dominating, or have dominated, and continue to dominate Purdue. Yeah, no question. I think there's, you know, that, uh, uh, that the, uh, that series has certainly flipped, uh, in the last few years under Terry Morin. She's done a, just a tremendous job of, of getting Indiana as a, as, you know, I think now two years in a row being in the top 10 all the time that, you know, they're a perennial top 10 team now, I guess you can say. And, you know, Purdue was the, the more dominant team in that bunch, especially, you know, in the early 2000s and such. You know, Purdue has won a national championship. But that series has definitely flipped, and it's you know, it's a good thing. And uh, uh, you know, this year Indiana won both games and had a great comeback at West Lafayette to steal that one, and and played really well yesterday without Mackenzie Holmes. And uh, uh, they're uh, you know, certainly uh, you know, right there in the mix. They they still got some work to do to win the Big Ten, but uh, uh, they've uh, they've certainly played very well, and they seem to be adapting pretty well right now to playing without Mackenzie Holmes, their their star big uh, star big, and who's out with a knee injury and. Uh, uh, others are picking up the pace, and uh, you know they've all just you know it's sort of when they when you lose a, a key piece like that, everybody else has to pick up a bit of her load, and they seem to be doing that pretty well. Tom, one other thing I want to mention: I know you have a long relationship with uh, Todd Sturgeon, the coach at Floyd Central, and the Highlanders are playing some great basketball once again this season. In fact, they had a huge Saturday afternoon win over Indianapolis Cathedral down here in Southern Indiana. He has really done wonders for Floyd Central's program. 
bringing them back to a stage at a statewide level. And, and I think uh, if you look at teams from the South that can make a run this year and have the ability to get to Indianapolis and represent the southern part of the state, Floyd Central's got to be in that conversation. Yeah, it seems like it. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, Matt, when I, you know, I get with my job, I am so, so engrossed with college basketball that I don't, you know, I, I have seen one high school basketball game all year and it's just been very, very hard for me to, you know, to kind of keep up, you know, with all of that and everybody other than just, you know, glancing at the scores and, you know, raising an eyebrow when you see a big win for somebody. And that was certainly, uh, certainly a nice win for them, uh, playing at a very high level and, you know, you know, from being down there and seeing them, I mean, that's certainly a very well-coached team. They play very well on both ends of the floor, make very few mistakes, and that doesn't surprise me with with one of Todd's teams. Yeah, no question. Tom Bruce, Sports Illustrated, Indiana, one of the good guys covering the IU basketball beat on a daily basis. Tom, it's great to catch up with you from time to time, and as the month moves along, I'm sure that uh, we'll have a conversation again. I appreciate you. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I enjoyed being on with you, and I'll be happy to do it anytime you'd like. Absolutely. Tom Bruce, Sports Illustrated, uh, Indiana. The website is si.com slash college slash Indiana. For those of you maybe that don't read Tom's work on a daily basis, and you can follow him at Tom Brew Sports on Twitter as well. We'll head to a commercial break. More on Floyd Central and high school basketball and girls sectionals tonight and so much more with Chad Gilbert next. Chad's the Charlestown Athletic Director, IHSA Executive Board member from our area and former coach at Jeff, the girls and the boys. And we'll talk some hoops coming up next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert, he's Charlestown's athletic director, IHSA executive board member, former coach in the area, and he's with me on Mondays to talk a lot of basketball and local sports as well. And, Chad, this is a great time to be a fan of hoops in the area. College basketball is in full swing, and we can start to think about March in the NCAA tournament, but also – Girls sectionals, we've got Monday and Tuesday night games because of weather. There are all sorts of boys games, including a lot of the big rivalry games still to be played. Silver Creek and Floyd Central has been moved to Wednesday. New Albany Jeff was delayed to February. It's coming up here in a week or so. New Albany Providence, New Albany Silver Creek. There's others I'm missing, but boy, there are some big games ahead. And there's basketball basically every night this week. Matt, one thing before we get started, you know, keep me on task here. I will say uh, I missed last week being on the show with you. Uh, my daughter had COVID the week before. I had it, caught it after her. Matt, it put me out. I was eight days out. Mm. And uh, no joke on the COVID. No joke, no joke, no joke. Uh, hope we can get by this, get through this um, with our kids staying healthy, our fans staying healthy. And, uh, you know, just everybody do their part to make sure we can get through this tournament. Because, you know, like I said, I, I had that, and I'm in decent shape, fully vaxxed, and, it, it, and it, it knocked me out, Matt. It knocked me out. But going on to your point on these things, there have been a lot of schedule changes due to COVID, a lot during weather here with the sectional last week. 
And looking from a outside fan's perspective, you think, well, it's easy to just flip that game to the next night. Well, looking at the AD and the coach's perspective, you've got a lot of different variables that throw into this one. So, in other words, let's look at Charlestown. We got beat Tuesday. You think we're business as usual. Well, we try to decide we're going to move our game with North Harrison to Saturday afternoon. Well, Saturday afternoon we have a Greater Clark Elementary tournament going on in the gym, so we can't move it to that day. We have to push it back, and the elementary tournament ran far enough that we can only do a varsity-only game on Saturday night. Well, the flip side, you know, moving forward, now the sectional games have been moved to Monday, Tuesday. Charlestown is supposed to be playing Austin Tuesday night. Well, the crew that we have are scheduled. All three of those are doing a sectional championship, which has been moved to Tuesday. So now we are scrambling trying to find three referees for Tuesday night. We've got it done, but one of the referees is coming from Richmond. So it just kind of shows you how every action you know, for every rea- every action, there's a reaction. You know, it's a it's a double-edged sword on everything you do. Lots of pitfalls, lots of moving parts, and it's something that you got to be flexible with. You got to be able to adapt. You got to be able to move forward. Luckily, we've got great coaches, great fans, and uh, a lot of great people that work that are able to make these adjustments with us. But it is a nightmare scheduling wise. Yeah, that's a great point. And another thing I wanted to bring up, I know sometime with you. We get into some coaching stuff because that's been a big part of your background in basketball here in our area. But, you know, to play a semifinal game on a Monday is not the end of the world. To play a championship game on a Tuesday the next night, very similar to a Friday-Saturday format, so no big deal. But from a Tuesday evening championship game, you've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to prepare for two opponents in a regional coming up on Saturday. That's Normally, uh, you know, you've got a full week of practice. You might slow things down on Thursday a bit, then uh, Friday becomes more of a walkthrough and a team dinner, something like that. But it's going to really put some pressure on coaches to get ready for opponents in the upcoming regional round, and it's going to completely change the preparation cycle leading up to that big day. Well, Matt, I think the one thing you hit on the net, you hit, you hit the nail on the head there is your regional week. We are hosting regional this week at Charlestown. If Austin wins their game tonight, we play Austin tomorrow. So we're going to have to move that game. That pushes us back in the week. Well, we don't have anything else scheduled this week. However, what we do have is we have to get four regional teams on our court to be able to practice for 90 minutes. So that shuffled some of the things around with that. You know, Luckily, one of the teams will either be Cordon or Silver Creek, which is a close drive where they could come Wednesday after school and get in and go. But typically with your regional Today, we would be having a regional meeting in person, uh, walking through the facilities, showing everyone where their locker room, scheduling practice times. That's going to be moved back to Wednesday. That's going to be moved back to a Zoom meeting at Charlestown. Um, we will acclimate. We will make this where, for teams, it's just another game-type feeling. You know, We don't want it to be too much out of your routine as a coach. You want to play this game as, hey, this is the next step in us winning the state championship. It goes back to what we always talked about. You don't want to get too high. You want to, you don't want to get too low. You want to stay even kill. Well, that this regional week, like you said, there's a lot of team dinners. Everybody wants to have you uh, a dinner. Everybody wants to bring in food. You, there's so many things involved with it that it gets hectic. And I think coaches have to adapt with this. And like you said, that affects your scout. Now, luckily in this situation, it affects all four teams that they're going to have to adjust and, and, go, and move forward as, as they um, – as the week allows, 
but it's one of those things that it's different than any other regional week that they've experienced in the past. Yeah, no question. Chad Gilbert, my guest, talking uh, what this crazy week is going to look like for the area girls teams uh, that are still in play, still in action. You've got uh, semifinal games on Monday, championship games on Tuesday, a quick turnaround uh, to the regional round coming up on Saturday. Chad, another basketball topic I wanted to get to right out of the uh, the start with you is Floyd Central. The boys, a huge win over Indianapolis Cathedral at home. Two things on that. Number one, I applaud Todd Sturgeon and A.D. Jeff Sequera for making arrangements to add that game. That was not something originally on the Floyd Central schedule this season. Uh, so kudos for that. And number two, to get a win, to me, signals that Floyd Central isn't just the front runner in Seymour in early March. They may have a chance to do a lot more than win a sectional championship this year. And, and absolutely kudos to those guys for being able to schedule uh, that game with Cathedral a little bit thinking out of a box, but a, a great test for the Highlanders, and especially you know to, for Jeff Square to be able to pull that game off at home. I would think there would be a huge crowd to see Cathedral and Floyd Central go at it. That game will only make both of those teams better moving forward in March. And you talk about the Highlanders. They have all the pieces, it seems, to make a deep run in the tournament. And what's so remarkable about that, Highbreeder, who was, who played for the Highlanders last year, I think I saw that he, you know he's playing for Air Force. He played 40 minutes the other night and had 20 points as a freshman. So to anybody that's in college and's doing that as a freshman, I don't care where you are. That means they're a remarkable pay, a, a remarkable player, and those guys aren't easy to fill. Floyd Central's done a good job of being able to fill his vacancy and continue to win. So that says a lot about the program, and that says a lot about the kids. And in and, and today's society, where a kid has to wait their turn, there's been a kid who's sat behind Highbreeder the past three years who's went against him every day in practice and gotten better. Well, now it's his turn, and uh, he's answered the call. So, you know, kudos to those kids who have played on the JV, worked their way up, and got themselves in a position to be on the varsity team to um, – contribute but we say that about the highlanders and i think you've said this from the get-go i would want to draw jeff in the first game you know is jeff good enough to win it absolutely you talk about jennings county someone that can clip you seymour on their court to clip you there's a lot of landmines in that seymour sectional matt that's going to make it very very interesting and when you're floyd central who has that bullseye on your back which they squarely will going into that sectional it's a little bit different seat to be in than it is the hunted versus the hunty. Yeah, I you know I I love Seymour in March. It's my favorite place to be. I know that people from three A, two A, one A local teams are probably like, you know, Matt, we've got pretty good situations for sectional environments where we play as well. And I, I've been to Borden. I love that one. I've been to others. There's no, and I'll get to as many as I can this year. But Seymour is just a special place for me, and I can't wait for a lot of the reasons and teams you just mentioned. Uh, to see things unfold because with COVID and weather and you know, just Jeffersonville, for example, I don't think we know near uh, what the Red Devils are capable of doing. We know the talent they have. We know the struggles, uh, whether it's a suspension or uh, COVID or an illness that's kept coaches or players away this year, but we don't know exactly what this team could look like with some decent number of games under their belt. So, and Jennings County is good, and Seymour is much better, and Bedford is not bad, and New Albany has uh, shown some signs of, uh, you know, at times being a good ball club. So lots of reasons, I think, to uh, get up there to Seymour this year, and it's hard to believe it's going to be here in three weeks. 
Well, Matt, what makes this tournament so special is this. You don't have to be the best team. You just have to be the best team on that particular night. And when you think about the parity in that sectional, that is what makes that sectional so good. The other thing with that, if you're the team who is trying to make a deep run, there's a game that you got to win that you probably shouldn't, that you've that you've dodged that bullet, that you've not played as well, but you managed to sneak it out anyway. In order to win it, you've got to have one of those games. And with that type of sectional, that's something that if Floyd Central is the clear favorite going in, they could have one of those trip up games right there, and that's one of those things. Do you survive? Do you survive, or do you in advance, or are you sent home? It's it's the it's what makes the tournament special, Matt. You do not have to be the best team; you just have to be the best team on that night. All right, uh, let's close with this, Chad. We've got a couple minutes left, but friends with a lot of athletic directors here in the area. That's obviously the role you hold at Charlestown High School. I've made mention of this here over the pandemic and uh, the last week or so as well, but can you in a minute or so explain how much tougher the job of athletic director is in this time with weather issues in the winter and also COVID issues that are ongoing? Oh, it's Matt, it, what it is, it, it's, you, you, there's not a minute we can descri- we could describe it in. There's just so many things that you're messing with that, uh, other things have been put on the back burner because you've got to do what's right at hand, whether it's dealing with sponsorships, whether it's trying to get people back to the game, whether it's trying to get kids back to the game, whether it's you know trying to reschedule just games that you counted on. It's like baseball season, spring, you know, when you have rainouts, it's like that all year long. And it's it's a constant battle, but there's no excuse as an AD. That's your job. You love that job, and you want to make it uh, the best that you can for your kids, your fans, and your coaches to have a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest, he joins me on Mondays. Chad, any uh, closing thoughts on uh, the girls tonight, the sectionals uh, around the area? I think we've got some pretty good matchups and going to be interesting to see if Silver Creek or someone else can make a little run this year. Well, you know, Silver Creek's had that scare game with Madison last night or last uh, Saturday, so it's interesting to see how that one will go. You know Corden's sitting on them ready to uh... – Make a move. I think Jennings and Bedford will be an outstanding game. There's, a, there's just a lot of games that go out there that are, that are fun to play. And you, you talk about it. We well, got Lanesville down the road who's set to win a, a state championship. So it's it's exciting for Southern Indiana. And hopefully, moving forward, we can get a state champion out of this. Matt. One thing looks like some exciting news on my alma mater with Screaming Eagles. Looks like they could be making a move to Division One. That announcement should be made at some point today. And then the last thing, congrats to you, Matt, on running a great Final Four in Floyd County Schools this weekend. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Chad, thank you. We'll talk next week. Appreciate all you do for Southern Indiana Sports, Matt, and thanks for the run. All righty, thank you very much. That wraps things up for this Monday program. Back with you Tuesday. It's game day for IU tomorrow as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.